Sponsorship of the KQED live audio stream comes from Xfinity Mobile, featuring customized wireless plans. Customers can choose unlimited, buy the gig, shared data, or a mix of both and switch it up anytime. Learn more at XfinityMobile.com. Hi there, I'm Kira Brinkman. My fiction has appeared in McSweeney's and One Story, among other journals. I've worked as a teacher, a tutor, and a nanny. I'm here to read to you today from my first novel, A Pie in the Trees, which tells the story of a family's loss from the perspective of an unusual eight-year-old boy named Sebby Lane. When Sebby's mother dies suddenly, he misses her so much that he dreams and even relives moments of her life. The novel traces his often strange journey toward recovery. I'm going to read excerpts from the beginning of the book. Sebby's interactions with his family are interspersed with memories of his mother. Some of these sections are quite short, so I'll just pause briefly to indicate the start of a new chapter. Okay, here we go, page one. Here it is in my head, right in the place where I keep feeling it and knowing it. Dad knocks on my head like my head is a door. He knocks softly because Dad has big, soft hands. He says my name, Sebi. Sebi, he says, earth to Sebi. I come back then, but the things I know stay stuck where they are, and I keep knowing them. Dad picks me up and lifts me high so I can reach into the leaves of our tree. Dad tries to hold me up for a long time. His face turns red and a deep sound comes out of his throat, because I'm getting bigger and Dad isn't so strong. He puts me down. What is it? Dad asks. I shrug my shoulders to say, Dad, I don't know, so he'll think that it's all gone now. But it's here in my head, in the dark place where you hold things and carry them around. One thing I know is that I'm going to live for a very, very long time. Mother liked to run in the middle of the night. She'd wake me up and ask if I wanted to go with her. I nodded yes. My eyes were sticky. I had to blink a lot to make them stay open. I held Mother's hand and we walked to the garage. She put me in my old blue stroller that smelled dirty and cold, like how the garage smelled. I was too big, but I could still fit. Mother pushed me in fast circles around the block. The houses were dark and quiet. Nothing was moving except for us, and we were going so fast. It rained one time and we stopped under a tree. The rain dripped off the leaves in big, slow drops. Are you okay? Mother asked. I nodded yes. The rain made my stroller smell dirtier and older. Mother took off her t-shirt and her shorts. Mother was soft white like the glass on a frosty white light bulb. The rain made her shine. It feels nice, Mother said. She pushed my stroller and we went fast. I liked how her feet sounded. Tap, tap, tap. Clean on the wet sidewalk. A long time ago, Mother let her papers go in a rainstorm. I followed her outside. She said, Go back in. You'll get yourself sick again. I went in and watched her from the window. She ripped up her papers and let them fly in the wind. When she came back inside, her face was so white, and her eyes were staring off far away, not seeing anything. All your poems, Dad said to her. Mother said, Sebby, I'm lonely. Come sit with me. So I sat with her and hid my face in her hair. I wanted to bite her because she smelled so good. 
The rain stopped and we went out to look. Little wet papers were stuck onto the house. Dad said to help, so I helped Dad peel them off. We found one with a whole word that didn't get washed off by the rain, and Dad said to put it in my pocket, because it was for me. What does it say? I asked. Dad said the word said, baby. I like to sit in the cabinet under the sink. Dad said, I don't understand why you hide under there. I hugged my knees tight to make myself smaller. Stop it, Mother told him. They got mad at each other then, and I held very still. Under the sink was dirt was the dirty smell like cooked carrots. It's true that carrots grow down instead of up. I thought of growing down into the ground deeper and deeper, and I knew then that the whole inside of the earth smelled like dirty carrots. If he wants to hide, Mother said, let him hide. Dad said, it's not normal. Dad's voice was loud and mean. Why are you so worried about what's normal, Mother asked. Her voice was louder now, too. Louise, Dad said, and he put up both his hands, like two stop signs. You're not worried about him, she yelled. You're worried about what's normal. Just tell me why you're so mad, will you? Dad asked. I can't, Mother said. I'm leaving, she said, and then she left. In this uh, next scene, Sebi goes to the library with Leo, who is his older teenage brother, and um, they often hang out together there. Um, Upstairs, I go stand by Leo. He looks at me and nods, but doesn't say anything because he's in the middle of thinking about something. If he talks, then he loses what he's thinking about and gets mad. I crawl under the table and watch his foot tap. I press my ear against the floor, and I can feel the tapping in the back of my head. Why is he asleep down there? Says my sister's voice. She sometimes comes with the car to give us a ride home. I'm not asleep, I say with my eyes closed. Why are you lying on your back like a dead man, she asks me. Why is he lying like that? she asks Leo. It's creepy, she says. I opened my eyes and Leo was bent over, looking down at me. Why didn't you tell him to stop doing that, she asks him. I'm not doing anything, I say. Leo laughs at me. My sister stares hard at his face and then walks away. Cass, Leo calls in a voice that's half loud and half whisper, because the rule in the library is that you have to be quiet. Cass keeps walking away. Cass, he calls. He says her name again, and that makes it sound funny, like it's someone else's name, and not a name I know. I say her name in my head. Cass, Cass, Cass. Mother named my sister after Mama Cass, because Mama Cass had such a sweet voice, it could lift you right up off the floor and carry you away. That's what Mother said. Mother showed me a picture of Mama Cass singing alone on a dark stage. In the picture, Mama Cass is wearing a long red dress that looks big and full, like a red balloon. I crawl out from under the table and watch Leo put all his papers into different colored folders. Then he puts the folders and books into his red backpack, and that makes his backpack so full it's hard to zip closed. We go to the parking lot, but Cass and the green car are gone. Shit, Leo says. The way home has a big hill. Leo starts walking fast because he's so mad that he can walk fast even with his heavy backpack. I try to walk fast too, but I'm tired now. 
I hold on to Leo's coat and practice walking with my eyes closed. Stop pulling on me, Leo says when we get to the hill, so I let go. I can still walk with my eyes closed. I listen to Leo's steps on the sidewalk and I copy them. Our feet make a crunching sound when we get to our gravelly driveway. I open my eyes. Leo kicks up the gravel rocks. He looks tall and angry now, and his breathing is fast. Just go in and leave me alone, Leo says. He throws his backpack against the house, and the house makes no sound. I wait for a sound, but the house is like a giant pillow. Damn you, Leo screams at the house. He goes and picks up his backpack where it landed in Mother's garden. We had fat, ripe tomatoes. There's a picture in Dad's office of Leo and Cass sitting on a yellow chair, holding Mother's tomatoes. It's like the really old pictures with nobody smiling. The, the tomatoes are big and round like empty faces. Dad said I used to eat Mother's tomatoes just like they were apples. He said it made Mother happy to watch me eat. Dad said, you know, it was hard to make Mother happy. I didn't know that. When I was little, I practiced drawing different kinds of faces. Mother sang a, f a song for me. This is happy, this is sad, this is scared, this is mad. She made her face match the words. Um, this scene takes place later that same evening, and the only thing you really need to know is that Sebi's father has been listening to Paul Simon, particularly the song Me and Julio, so the lyrics to that are stuck in his head. I go upstairs and sit down on the top step. If I go to sleep now, then morning will come and I'll have to go back to school. I don't want to go to school, I'll say, and Cass will say there's nowhere else for me to go. In my head, the song says, Goodbye to Rosie. I look at the white wall until it makes my eyes go blurry. There are bright spots where Mother touched that haven't been touched over by anybody else. You have to look for a long time before you can see a bright spot. Then the spot glows, and that's how you know where Mother still is. The spot glows, and it's like the spot is glowing inside of you, because it makes you warm inside your chest, and that feels good. You want to touch the spot, but you can't, because then it will be gone. What's wrong is that everybody always goes around touching everything and Cass is always cleaning, and that erases the spots. I know that when I was three, I was standing on the couch, looking out the window at all the flowers. The window was open, so I pushed myself out and fell two stories. I landed on my back in Grandmother Bernie's summer garden. Mother put her hand on her chest and screamed. She could feel her heart in her chest. Her heart felt felt like it was getting bigger. She kept screaming and ran down the stairs, out the door to me. I was quiet there in the dirt. Mother picked me up and held me tight. Then I started screaming too. Dad was watching from the upstairs window. He ran down to me and Mother. Dad looked at the ground and saw how my head left a dent in the soil. He bent down and kissed the dent. Then he blew a kiss up to Grandmother Bernie and everybody watching us, and he couldn't stop blowing kisses because Grandmother Bernie had just put the new garden there with fresh, soft dirt. Mother held me, and she screamed louder and louder, louder than me. Dad put his hands over his ears. 
I stopped crying and I listened. I could hear everything inside of her. Mother got married on a sunny day. She married Dad outside in the grass, and the grass kept making her sneeze. Her eyes were watery and sad, but it was because of her allergies, she said. Cass was already there inside of her stomach. Mother could feel the baby kicking inside her the whole time. The baby kicked until Mother kissed Dad, and then the baby stopped kicking. Where was I? I asked Mother. You were up there in the trees, Mother said. Now I remember sitting up high in the trees. I was happy, and I kept jumping from one tree to another, and the branches scraped my arms and legs when I jumped and landed, and jumped and landed. I had scratches all over. I could see the red scratches, but I couldn't feel them because I wasn't really me yet. I was just a part of Mother floating up in the trees. To subscribe to The Writer's Block and hear more stories, please visit www.kqed.org slash writersblock. The Writer's Block is produced by KQED. KQED.